Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. This is your first time. As always, check out the Season 1 trailer. This week, we're talking about the Boston Celtics. There are two teams that are fighting for the top place, uh, for the top franchise in NBA history. Two teams with 17 titles, more than more titles than anybody else has finals appearances. That's absolutely freaking bonkers. 78 seasons, 60 playoff appearances. They were one of the original teams in the BAA in 46. One playoff in the first four years. And then they got Red Arbach in 1950. And he was playing chess when everybody else was, when everybody else was playing whack-a-mole. He took him to six straight playoffs and then won his first finals in 56. Thanks in most part to Bill Russell. He's able to get Bill Russell by trading Cliff Hagen and Ed McCauley to the Hawks. Two very nice players, two very nice careers. Uh, Bill Russell is an 11-time champion, so, you know. They won eight straight finals, of course, and then lost in 67. Wilt finally got his revenge, got his title, and then won two more with Bill Russell as, as player coach. Their 70s is pretty un underrated as well. Uh, they missed the playoffs in 1771, but then 72 to 76, five straight conference finals, two titles. Like I said, John Havlicek and Dave Cowens. Of course, JoJo White, we're going to hear about him a lot today. Uh, the regular season is a little, you know, unassuming, but just dominating the playoffs, and that's what you want. They missed the playoffs in 78, but their fortunes turned again when they drafted Larry Bird. They had to wait a year for him when he switched colleges, but he debuted in 1980 and brought them three titles. Most recent player to win three straight MVPs. The Celtics and the Lakers, uh, we're not going to spend too much time on, the riv on their rivalry in this season, but those two teams just dominated a decade in a way that has never really been done since, with two teams making the majority of their respective finals. They also got Kevin McHale in a trade. We talked about it last week for Joe Barry Carroll. Once again, Arbuck just knew that Joe Barry Carroll was an all-stat, no-substance guy. Kevin McHale became a top 10 power forward ever. A couple more good things, trading picks for trading picks and guys like Gerald Henderson for future picks and Dennis Johnson in 86. They had the greatest team of all time, at least to that point, and probably since. 67 wins and a title. Perfect, beautiful team. And they had the number two pick in the draft. They got led by us. He overdosed after draft night. So that was devastating. He was supposed to be the guy to take the torch from Bird. Instead, Bird broke down, got old, didn't really play into the 90s, and retired after 92. Reggie Lewis was supposed to take the torch, and he had a heart condition that killed him in 93. Absolutely devastating. So for the rest of the 90s, it kind of bounced around. They got Paul Pierce in 98, Anton Walker, 96. They didn't make the playoffs again from 95 all the way until 2002, where they made the conference finals. They lost the Eastern Conference Finals to the Nets. Terrible East that year, uh, but Paul Pierce was incredible, as he always is. He made four straight playoffs with them. And then in 2008, after having one of the worst seasons in franchise history, front office moves got them Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, and fortunes changed. They won the finals right away, 42 win turnaround. Since then, they've been one of the smartest franchises, uh, made the conference finals under Isaiah Thomas and then Kyrie Irving. And then in 2020, with Tatum and Brown finally taking over as the main two guys, 2022, they had one of the most incredible turnarounds ever going from a 500 team midway through the season to the best defensive team in the league. In the last seven years, they made five conference finals with zero titles. That is a recipe for a team that might want to rebuild soon, but who knows? They have an absurd number of Hall of Famers, an absurd number of retired numbers. 
one of the greatest teams in sports history. But let's get to the rankings. First team point guard. Easy peasy, this is Bob Cousy. Probably top five point guard, top eight point guard of all time. The league, uh, the franchise leader in total assists, 14 year career. He played 13 years with Boston, retired until he was 41 at seven years later, came back for seven games with Cincinnati. Not sure what that was about, but he led the league every year from 56 until 60 in assists. Got himself six titles in the process, as well as an MVP. Not a lot of past first point guards that have won MVP. Basically him, Magic, Steve Nash. Not the first superstar in NBA history, but the first real flashy guy, especially among great players. Even to this day, 21st in career NBA assists. Couldn't shoot, terrible, terrible shooter, maybe couldn't hang in today's game. First career, 37% from the field, but solid 18, eight and five. First great point guard in the league. First team shooting guard. Uh, this one was a little bit of a toss up. Two guys at the beginning and end of Bill Russell's reign, but I went with Sam Jones. He only played 12 seasons. It didn't really take off until 1965. I think another one of the top five teams of all time. Hovering around 18 to 19 points a game for his career until 65, put up 26 points a game. And then 23, 22, 21, retired at 35 with 16 points a game. But above all, he was clutch. He was the clutch guy to go to. He was the main scorer on a lot of those teams. And more importantly, he had 10 titles. Second all time, second most titles in NBA history behind his buddy, Bill Russell. A couple great series from him. 67, second round against the Knicks, 34 points a game. 65, Eastern Finals against Philly, 29 points a game. They won in seven. Uh, that same year in the finals, five game win against the Lakers, 28 points per game. Countless game winning shots, you can go through them all. Only three all NBA teams, all third team. Kind of Hal Greer-ish, but even more so because he won 10 titles. So everything I said about Hal Greer just Think about that with Sam Jones. He died about a year and a half ago. He'll be remembered for having the sickest jumper among all early players. First team, small forward. The man, the myth, the legend, Larry Legend, Larry Bird. I think he's the third greatest player of all time. Only played 13 years and basically lost all of 89. I think there's a lot of guys, when you talk about injury, what ifs, there's guys like Derrick Rose where it just steals his entire career. Uh, there's guys like Dwayne Wade where it steals the second half of their career. There's guys like Trace McGrady where it steals kind of their peak and what they could have been. Uh, for Larry Bird, it just that last that last five year stretch of him just nailing threes from the corner, we were robbed of that. Uh, at the time of his, at the time of his retirement, probably the best shooter of all time, four time league leader in free throw percentage. For his career, 24 points, 10 boards, six assists, triple double machine, and incredibly efficient. First guy to go 50, 40, 90. He did that in back-to-back -back years in 87 and 88. And neither of those teams, neither of those years were when he won MVP. <laughs> Three straight MVPs from 84 to 85. Second in MVP voting pretty much every other year of the 80s. In franchise history, he ends up third in assists, second in steals, fourth in rebounds, and third in points. Didn't even play 900 games. He stopped 10 to 15 in pretty much every playoff stat. Eighth in steals, eighth in assists, 14th in points. Uh, among all NBA players, not just the Celtics. I haven't seen a good argument of why people rank anybody other than LeBron and MJ above him. All of his teammates were good, not great. I think all of the all-stars he played with were 20 times better because they played with him. Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, I don't think they'd be Hall of Famers without him. Speaking of first team power forward, Kevin McHale. I just talked smack about him, but he was an incredible player. He could guard anybody, any position, 
He's six foot ten, long, lanky. Had just incredible post moves before uh, Hakeem came around. He was like the clinic guy for beautiful post moves. And the way he just kind of flicked it up, watch his highlights, they're absurd because it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. He looks gangly and uncoordinated. And then the ball goes where he wants it to. Perfect second guy with Larry Bird. He didn't have to rebound a bunch because that was the best the best front court of all time. Uh, in 87, 26 points per game. First team all NBA, led the league with 60% field goal percentage. Great shot blocker. Second in the franchise in points. Second in the franchise in blocks. Just 13 behind Robert Parrish. One of my favorite players ever. I think he is a little bit overrated just because when you're playing with Larry Bird, things do get easier. But that's just taking away from how good Kevin McHale was. Top 10 power forward of all time. That's pretty unassailable. First team center. No argument here from anybody. Bill Russell. 11 titles, 11 championships, 5 MVPs. Greatest teammate of all time. I said that about Tim Duncan, but it's Bill Russell. Best defensive player, definitely of his era, probably of all time. Incredible passer, did everything his team needed to win. Sure, he didn't score. It wasn't as important back then that everybody could score, so he just didn't. I've seen arguments of why Wilt is better than Bill Russell, and I think the only argument that makes any sense is that Wilt Chamberlain could do what Bill Russell did if he had the right mental makeup. Bill Russell could never do what, what Wilt Chamberlain did. That just completely disregards the fact that what Bill Russell did completely relied on that mental makeup. It wasn't about athleticism or anything else. He was a killer. He threw up before every single game because he just wanted to win. He championed for civil rights, important figure. He died last year. He will be missed. Uh, there, I don't think there's a good argument that anybody besides him is the best center of all time. It's Bill Russell, then it's Kareem. Uh, so that's our first team, Bob Cousy, Sam Jones, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Bill Russell, second team point guard, Joe, Joe White. I almost had him lower because his regular season stats, again, they're just not, not awesome. 71 to 77, he made the All-Star every year, cool. Uh, only above 20 points a game in 71 and 72. Missed the playoffs one of those times. Uh, not a lot of assists, five a game for his career. Fine defensive player, whatever. Uh, low percentages, but in the playoffs, his stats jump up to 22 points a game. His percentages jump up. Dishes the rock more. Uh, he was a finals MVP and some of the greatest finals highlights that you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> 76 finals, 22 points a game. Now in franchise history, he's seventh in assists, 10th in points, you know, solid, good. But more important than that, he was the best player in the game that was referred to as the greatest game ever played, game five of the 76 finals. Triple OT win against the Suns, scored 33 points, nine assists, 60 minutes played. One of the little guy Ironmen, played 82 games in five straight seasons. Uh, so Jojo White, sorry I ever doubted you. Also died just a couple years ago. Man, a lot of these guys. Second team shooting guard. He could have been first team. Bill Sharman, 11 season career, played his first season with the Washington Capitals, and then went over to Boston. The first great shooter in the NBA. I think that's fair. Led the league in, uh, field, in free throw percentage seven, seven times, 20 point scorer three times. He played beautifully, he was efficient, and he was the third best player in a team that won four titles and would have been a lot more if he just stuck around for a couple more years. First team All-NBA four times, so that's the argument for him above Sam Jones. Uh, but Jones was just on, he just had more big playoff moments. But when you're going through NBA history, Bill Sharman is probably the ninth name you mentioned. Hall of Famer deserves it. Bullseye Bill, second team, small forward Hondo, John Havlicek. He's a top 15 player of all time, but there's no Hondo conversations anymore. He played 16 years, and unheard of amount back then. 
1,270 games, didn't miss a lot of games. He was an incredible passer, really peaked later in his career uh, as, as, a point, as a point forward, especially once Bill Russell retired and he became the focal point of the offense. I mean, all of his stats start peaking around 70-71 when he hits his 30s, which doesn't usually happen. He peaked at 29 a game, 29, 9, and 8. He was on a lot of incredible teams, and that 73 team might have been the best. They won 68 games, 68 games four years after the greatest player in NBA history to that point retired. Uh, but he got hurt and they missed the finals. Bummer for him, they made it They made it up the next year. For his career, eight total titles, two of which happened as the best player on the team. Most importantly, he is the franchise leader in total points scored, 26,000. One of three guys over 20,000 points in franchise history. Yet another one of these great players to have died just a couple years ago in 2019. Four-time first-team All-NBA guy, seven-time second-team, eight-time All-Defensive player, finals MVP in 74, and the greatest sixth man of all time until Manu Ginobili. Obviously, Honda was better, but later in his career, he was a full-time starter. And you can't really talk about Celtics players without talking about the clutch moments. 76 in that game, in that same game I talked about with JoJo White, game five, he made that leaning, running bank shot to be the game winner. That was supposed to be a game winner. And this goes more on JoJo White's legacy because JoJo White, after having played at that point probably 55 minutes, took a technical foul shot after an illegal uh, timeout was called negating that, that bank. That 76 team was just special. Five guys scoring double digits. Three Hall of Famers, four Hall of Famers. I digress. Hondo also has probably the most famous radio call in basketball history. The Havlicek stole the ball. Clutch steal in the uh, 65 Eastern Conference Finals. Game seven, beat the Sixers by one point. Five seconds left in the game. He gets a steal to seal it. That's enough on Hondo. I just love the man. Second team power forward. This was a really tough one. Uh, power forward might be their weakest position. We got two Hall of Famers left at this position. Uh, one of who played his entire career with the Celtics, but did nothing super special in himself, but won a lot of titles. And one guy who transformed the franchise. So I'm going with the big ticket, Kevin Garnett. When he came in 08, they were the worst team in the league. When he was done with that season, they were the best team in the league. He only really had one great season, one All-NBA season. But even so, he transformed that franchise. They're a bunch of me-first players starting and ending with Paul Pierce. And Kevin Garnett taught them to be tough, taught them to be fighters, taught them to be good teammates. And his only flaw was that he couldn't come up clutch in big moments. Paul Pierce could do that. It was the perfect marriage. He could have won MVP in 08. I'm glad Kobe won it. Uh, Kevin Garnett doesn't rank high in most things in Celtics history. Only played there a few years and missed a lot of games toward the end of his career. Uh, but even so, just because of that 08 season, if nothing else, he would still be second team. Second team center, Dave Cowens. The only Celtics jersey I own, probably the only I will ever have. 10 seasons in Boston, eight All-Star games, MVP winner, tremendous rebounder, 14 a game for his career. Not much of a score, but when you have Hondo and JoJo White, you don't really need to be. Very good passer, but just the like epitome of energy guy. He was the league MVP in 73, that same season where they won 68 games. Second team All-NBA, eh, somebody explain that. He's third in total rebounds, ninth in points, but that energy, that fight, that's what everybody loved about him. Big redhead dude from Kentucky. His credo was just all out intensity at all times, both sides of the court. My favorite story is when he retired for a little bit, leave of absence. I guess he didn't retire, but he had a leave of absence, started driving taxis in Boston. Just imagine that. You know what changed my mind? My favorite story is when somebody flopped, somebody flopped on a defensive play 
The ref called it. He walked up, shoved the dude to the floor, pointed at the ref and said, dude, that's a freaking foul. Didn't say freaking. But most importantly than anything, on top of the titles, titles are the most important thing. He was the first player to have led his team in all five major stats. Points, rebounds, assists, block, and steals. He did that in 78 with a 19-14-5 season with a block and a steal a game. Since then, only Scotty, Kevin Garnett, LeBron, and Giannis have done that. Actually, you know what? Uh, Jokic did that too. So one of six players, the first of six players to do so. That's our second team. JoJo White, Bill Sharman, Hondo, Kevin Garnett, Dave Cowens. Third team, point guard. Two names we're looking at. One guy in the Hall of Fame. One guy might be Dennis Johnson. Should have been in the Hall of Fame a long, long time ago. He, he died in 2007. Another one of those guys. This list is becoming devastating. He didn't get to the Hall of Fame until three years after he died, a long, long time after he retired. We talked about, we talked about him with Seattle. He won them a title with Phoenix. He was a very good point guard for a couple years. And then in Boston, he was just everything they needed. A tough, defensive, athletic point guard who could score, who could pass. The most important play he ever made was in that game, that playoff game against the Pistons. Isaiah Thomas had the bad inbounds pass. Larry Bird stole it, but they still needed to score. Dennis Johnson cut to the basket. Only a few players have the skill to get there in time and the knowledge to know you had to cut to the basket in that moment to get that bucket. Dennis Johnson was one of those guys. For his seven year Celtics career, only 13 and six. But then again, when you have Kevin McHale and Larry Bird, how much are you scoring? Uh, but his defense made up for everything. Only one all-star in a Celtics career. You'd think that team would be one of the teams to have four all-stars in a season, but they never did. Kind of weird. In franchise history, only eighth in assists, ninth in, in steals. Doesn't rank too high, but he was a top three player on two title teams. That's cool. All defensive team, pretty much his entire prime while he was in Boston, and even got a couple MVP votes. Didn't win one, of course, but whatever. Second team shooting guard. Oh my goodness, I had tough. I had a tough time with this one. You have one guy who's got a title and a bit of an icon status in Celtics history. One guy who was a woulda, coulda, shoulda, but he died, unfortunately. And then one guy who's the second best player on five conference finalists and an NBA finalist and got an all NBA team. I'm going with Jalen Brown. I don't love it because I don't love, I don't love Jalen Brown, but at this point he's played seven years in Boston. And spoiler alert, Ray Allen was the number two guy on this list for me narrowly beat out so he played two Jalen Brown played two more years in Boston than Ray Allen did so even if you toss out Jalen's first year he still got more time than Ray Allen he averaged 20 points a game four times in Boston Ray Allen did that zero times Ray's got three all-stars in the Boston uniform Jalen's got two of course for Ray Allen you can also play the uh, uh the icon status which Jalen Brown he came to the Celtics as rookie so what are you gonna do Jalen Brown's a very nice three-point shooter I had a bad year this year from three-point shooting uh incredibly smart player too that's something that's underrated about him just as a human smart thoughtful guy good reason to like him he does everything right good rebounder decent passer very good defender uh there's times where he's the best scorer on the court even when Jason Tatum is playing but tragic flaw he cannot dribble the freaking basketball he goes left, he goes off his knee. It's just so easy for defenders to guard him in the playoffs. Then for Ray Allen, just kind of doing a comp here. Ray Allen at this point of his career is just a, just a spot up guy, probably way too qualified to do what he did with Boston. He just run around screens and hit a couple shots at an insanely high level. Best three point shooter up until he retired 
in NBA history. But I just think they could have replaced Ray Allen with a lesser known player and they probably would have been fine. You take Jalen Brown off these teams, they're way worse off. That's no slight to Ray Allen. It was a different point of his career. Ray clearly had the better all-time career. Uh, but at this point, Jalen's been there seven years. He's the third best shooting guard in franchise history. I hate putting a guy who has a title under a guy who doesn't, which is why for third team small forward, I'm going with Paul Pierce. The difference here between Paul Pierce and the guy he beat out compared to Jalen Brown and Ray Allen, Paul Pierce is there 15 years. He was the best player in a finals game that featured Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett. Finals MVP in 08. I love that they didn't trade him too often. Franchises trade really good young talent when they don't have their head on straight. So what they did instead was bring in Kevin Garnett. Transform Paul Pierce's career, he'll, ad he'll admit as much. 10-time uh, All-Star, four All-NBA teams. Maybe the best wing shooter of all time. The best wing three-point shooter of all time. That might be fair to say, but can score in any possible way. Very good passer, tremendous rebounder. Uh, he's second in all-time points for the Celtics. Top 10 in pretty much everything, first in threes. And the thing that made him a great player also made him a terrible retired player. He just has a dog in him. He wants to fight, beat, destroy everybody. That's why KG needed him on his side. That's also why Paul Pierce wrongly thinks he, was, he had a better career than he did. Better than Dwayne Wade, but whatever. Third team power forward going Tom Heinsohn. Probably the best retired Celtic in terms of hyping up the current team. Tommy Gunn was crazy. Nine seasons in the NBA. Six All-Star games, second, third, fourth best player in a lot of really good teams during the uh, the Russell era, and he won nine titles. Nine titles in 10 years. That's a better percent than Bill Russell had. In the 63 playoffs, 25 points a game, second team four times, uh, ninth in total rebounds for the Celtics. Outside of that, not much, but just the great wacky guy that you want on your team, and more importantly, the great old man that you want in your championship parade and, you know, 40 years after you retire. Love Tom Heinsohn. Also, fun fact, first player to score 1,000 points in his NBA Finals career. Pretty cool. Third team center, Robert Parrish. I think the Chief is overrated. That's simply because he did every single thing that you want a center to do pretty well. Wasn't great at anything. Good solid score, you know, 15 game for his career. He had a long career, so really during his peak, it was 18, 19, pretty much game in, game out. Uh, 10 rebounds a game for most of his career, a couple blocks a game for most of his career, 54% from the field most of his career. The fact that he has nine all-star games, uh, it's kind of like the Joe Johnson effect. It's like, do you, do you deserve that? That being said, he's a thousand times better than Joe Johnson. He's fourth all-time in Celtics points. That's crazy. He played 14 years in Boston. Now he played 21 seasons total, so it seems like his Boston career wasn't, you know, that long comparatively. By the way, all-time leader in games played, 16-11. But 14 years in Boston, that's like almost as many as Hondo. That's more than Dave Cowens. He's first in blocks with 1,700, and second in steals, 1,100, about half of what Bill Russell had in one fewer year. So he had a longer Celtics career than Bill Russell. All-NBA twice. Uh, I think he's a boring player. I think he's an overrated player, but props to him from for changing his career from when he was with the Warriors. Talked about him last week. Uh, one of the negative guys of the 80s uh, and late 70s to becoming one of the most beloved Celtics of all time. And clear Hall of Famer, not arguing that, just a little overrated. Hardest cuts, Rajan Rondo. Uh, he was the best player as a point guard who couldn't shoot in a series against LeBron James. That doesn't happen a lot. Four-time All-Star, assist champ, great defensive player. 
nine years in Boston, longer than you would have thought. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was on that title team. When you have a team that special, I think you can kind of put at least four guys in the Hall of Fame. One of the best passers of all time. Free throw yips like you've never seen for a couple moments there. Uh, but there are so many good points. There's just so many good players in Celtics history. He's the fourth best. That's fine. Reggie Lewis, uh, he should be here, but unfortunately died. Ray Allen, just every point of his career. I might regret putting him behind Jalen Brown. Uh, Jason Tatum behind Paul Pierce was tough because Tatum was first team All-NBA last couple years. Paul Pierce never did that, but Jason Tatum never led his team to a title. He also played way less time in Boston than, uh, than Pierce did. Antoine Walker, I kind of want to mention him because maybe you could put him here over Heinsohn. Second best player on a team that went to the conference finals, but just all time terrible decision maker. You take a lot of threes, you make some, all of a sudden you're a good player. No, I'm not big on Antoine Walker. It's clear Tom Heinsohn is better. If you hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at WrongOpinionNBA. We're going to be back next week. The greatest team, the greatest franchise of all time. I'll explain, I'll explain why the Lakers were ranked above the Celtics and then talk about our next season coming up. Until then, peace out.